Welcome to Watchmen on the Wall, a daily outreach of Southwest Radio Ministries and SWRC.com. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. On today's program, our host, Dr. Larry Spargimino, will continue his conversation with Rabbi Kurt Schneider. Larry Stam will have a Messianic Minute, and we'll find out from Pastor Larry if a face-to-face encounter between Moses and God really happened. God is still on the throne and prayer changes things. On the radio, online, and as a podcast, Watchmen on the Wall is here to make sense of the world around us. If you're new to the program, be sure to pick up your new listener pack. In the pack is a welcome letter with history about the ministry, the latest issue of the Prophetic Observer, and a free gift. Call 1-800-652-1144 and get your free new listener pack today. 1-800-652-1144 or online swrc.com Rabbi Kurt Schneider continues his visit with our host Dr. Larry Spargimino to look at the divine truth that is available to each of us through God's holy word We're back with Rabbi Kurt A. Schneider He is one of our featured speakers at our virtual summer Prophecy Conference, July the 30th through August the 7th. This is a virtual conference, which means it will be online. You can attend in the convenience of your home, office, or study. Rabbi Schneider, great to be back with you. Thank you, my friend. Good to connect again, Pastor Larry. Well, you've written several really great books, and we think about your excellent devotional, Rivers of Divine Truth. But before we do that, tell us a little bit about your presentation. I think you're going to capture a lot of really important ideas, things that we're facing today, things that we need to do, and especially about the mystery of the Jew, as you mentioned in our previous program. Yes. Well, I think a good way to set a backdrop to make a point about what it is I want to communicate in the Bible conference is that people today are being deceived into accepting a message which puts its emphasis on inclusivity, that everybody's included, that there should be no distinctions amongst people. And when you take this type of a mindset that there's no distinctions, that equality becomes the greatest measure of how good a person is, if they emphasize equality in all spheres of life, what you end up with is a distortion of the reality that Jesus claimed to bring, which is, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes to the Father but through me. So when you're making an exclusive proclamation that Yeshua, Yeshua of Nazareth, is the only way to the Father, and there is no other way, when you make a statement in a culture like ours, like that, then what you become is the odd man out. And so as a result of that, many people that were raised in church and considered themselves to be Bible-believing Christians are shrinking back. They're pulling away from putting their stake in the traditional gospel message, which is rooted in the Word of God. And what the purpose of my message is in the Bible conference is to help people that are believers stand up and get the spine of the Lord in their faith, that we need to continue to declare the exclusivity of Yeshua in a culture that no longer values the Christian message, and in fact looks at us as morally inferior, because we're making an exclusive claim that Jesus is the only way, 
when their mindset is inclusive, everybody's the same, all religions are the same, the political correct mindset of our culture now is suppressing the exclusive claim of Jesus, which says there is salvation in no other but the name of Jesus. So what I am going to do at the conference is I'm going to show that when you understand that the God of the Hebrew Bible really is the one true God, and then you understand what the God of the Hebrew Bible recorded in the Torah and in the Hebrew Bible about the path to salvation, and then you see how Yeshua fulfilled that, your faith is going to be strengthened, and you're going to be able to stand up to a culture that is trying to push you down, a culture that's telling you, how dare you make a claim that Yeshua, that Jesus, is the only way to heaven? Who do you think you are? What kind of right. superiority complex do you have? No. We need to stand against that, claiming what the Scripture says. There is salvation in none other but the name of Jesus. And when I show people the authenticity of the Hebrew Bible, and how the Hebrew Bible from its ancient beginning showed us that the only way that man can have a relationship with God is through the atonement of sin, which comes through blood and then show how Yeshua fulfills all the sacrifices, the whole sacrificial system in the Hebrew Bible. When people see that, it's going to bring them clarity to be able to walk in this world as disciples of Jesus and not bend down or be taken out by the powers of the enemy that are so rampantly moving across the earth at this time. Political correctness, I think, is one of the major problems that we face today, and yet... If you want to get into your computer, if you want to use your cell phone, you need to have the precise password. Okay, you hit one letter or one number off, you won't get in. It says try again. And if you try about two or three times, then the cell phone or the device gets a little bit suspicious and thinks you don't belong there. So there is a right way. There is a wrong way. And what we need, who can take away our sin? Who can atone for our sin? How can we do that? Can Buddha do that? Can Muhammad do that? Can dancing around a pole on the Aleutian Islands, can that happen? No, the Bible makes it clear that there's only one way, and there are so many things where there's only one way. If you go to the store and the clerk gives you the wrong change, you know, miss the right amount by $5, you're going to say something. So this whole concept of political correctness, I think, kind of fits people in the area of religion. But when it comes to computers, when it comes to science, when it comes to getting change, they want the right way. They want the right amount. And what you're talking about, I think, is so clear in the Scripture that there's only one way, and that is Jesus Christ, because He took the burden of the sins. He paid for our sin. His death was a propitiatory sacrifice, and that alone suffices Almighty God. So as far as I'm concerned, coming from a biblical point of view, political correctness is so wrong and so outlandish, and I think you're going to do a great job in showing how it's out of step with the revelation of God in the Bible. Well, thank you, my brother. May it be. And I think many of us as believers— We haven't understood how important it is to be rooted in the Word of God, not just in the New Testament, but in the Hebrew Bible as well. And that's why the first book of the New Testament we call in Hebrew the Brich HaDashah, the New Covenant, that's why the New Covenant begins in Matthew chapter 1 by saying, this is the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. So God actually begins in Matthew 1 verse 1 by showing the reader that in order to understand this new revelation that begins with Matthew and ends at Revelation, 
you need to understand how it's connected and rooted to the Hebrew Bible. And so God begins by going all the way back to the book of Genesis in Matthew 1, verse 1. So it's important in these days, if believers are going to stand firm and strong against the mindset of the world, they need to be rooted in the Word of God. And that's why it's important to be rooted deeply, not only in the New Testament, but in the Hebrew Bible, because it's going to strengthen your spine, your spiritual spine, to know that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and there is no other way but through him. As we look at our world today, and I'm just thinking of, just looking at the news this morning and going on my computer, we all have lots of reasons to hit the panic button, you know, like, stop the world, I want to get off. Your devotional for day 82, titled Stand Still, tells how the people had come out of Egypt, and they were at the edge of the Red Sea, but they were trapped. They couldn't swim across the Red Sea, and Egypt was chasing them from behind, so they began to panic. And I think it's kind of like a 2021 situation with the COVID-19 virus coming back, and we hear that I think it's 83% of the new infections are of the Delta variant. I think as I read the story of the Exodus, and I think as you bring out on page 166, God does give us the peace when we want to hit the panic button to know, and we were talking about the Tetragrammaton in the previous program, there's something about God because he's the creator, he's the redeemer, and he's also the one who sent his only begotten son. I think that's the best antidote for that feeling of, you know, stop the world, I want to get off. Talk to us about the majesty of God and how he worked through Israel and through all of the disasters that befell them, and yet he preserved them in a beautiful way. I think that gives everybody hope. It certainly gives me a great deal of hope. Well, very good, my brother. Well, going back to your original scripture, Exodus 14, verse 13, as Israel was in a state of potential loss of their whole nation— with Egypt behind them, the sea in front of them, certainly a state of natural panic without the Lord. The Lord said, but Moses said to the people, do not fear, stand by and see the salvation of the Lord. And so the first thing is, I think, to tie into the fact that one of the blessings that comes from being in relationship with God is recognizing, first of all, that he doesn't want us to fear or panic. In the Bible, there's actually a hundred commands, do not be afraid. Mm-hmm. And then beyond that, through depending on the Lord in our own weakness, in a state where we would be vulnerable in the natural, but instead what we do is we turn to the Lord, we then receive from him the courage that can cause us to rise above what everybody else might be panicked about. In other words, when the disciples were on the boat with Yeshua, they became petrified when the storm came. As you know the story, Yeshua was asleep on the boat. They said, don't you care that we're perishing? As he would say, woke him up from his sleep. And what did he do? He rebuked the winds, he rebuked the waves, and then he turned to the disciples and he said, where's your faith? And then immediately they were at the other side. I mean, what a model for us that when we find ourselves in a situation that would be scary in the natural, because the truth is, it was a real storm that those disciples were in, and many had lost their lives on boats just like theirs in the Sea of Galilee during storms like that. So there was real reason in the natural to panic, but God has called us to a higher reality and to live an ascended life, where even when we're surrounded by circumstantial danger, we pull down through grace and faith, anointing of the Lord in our soul, and we say, I will not be afraid, 
and we walk with God like David, even though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. I believe the rod is a symbol of God's authority and power, that regardless of what circumstance we're in, whether it's COVID or anything else, the rod, the authority of the Lord, gives us victory in our circumstances, and the staff comforts, the staff, you know, helps someone walk, the Holy Spirit's comforting us, so as believers, we cannot allow ourselves to be broken and look down in fear and become like the world. Because hell is for the fearful and the unbelieving, the Bible says in the book of Revelation. So we've got to fight the fight of faith to overcome. Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. So we've got to fight the fight of faith and receive from God's Word and declare it over our lives so that we don't allow ourselves to be overwhelmed by fear or overwhelmed by any storm we're going to face. The fight of faith, but this is the call that's on us. Well, your devotional book, Rivers of Divine Truth, I think is so helpful. Just a page or two for each day. There's a scripture. There's tremendous insight. And frankly, I've seen a lot of devotionals, but I think this is one of the most helpful that I've seen. And I think there's probably thousands of people, maybe more, who are reading Rivers of Divine Truth. But one example that was a blessing to me, day 66 on page 134, you title it, See Beyond the Offense. Yeshua, Jesus, is on the cross. A lot of people who were caught up in a frenzy put him on the cross, but he prays to the Father and gives a reason why they should be forgiven. He says they don't know what they're doing. It's like he's making an excuse for their bad behavior. I wanted to ask you, how do these words strike a Jewish person today? Someone, for example, who is quite secular, kind of a skeptic, because I know there are many Jews who, you know, they have nothing to do with the Bible. They think it's a lot of Jewish fairy tales. How does a statement like this, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they're doing? What is the impact on the average Jewish person that you may may have had an opportunity to witness to and to tell them about Yeshua? Well, it's difficult to say the average Jewish person. I I can't really speak for the average. I can tell you of a specific situation that I think will address your question. I remember being in Israel with a Jewish tour guide, and she was living in Israel, etc., and she just had a ton of bitterness in her Mm. towards people that had persecuted Jews in the past. Just a very toxic, bitter spirit towards those that had brought such destruction to Jewish people. And it's easy for me to say, so I want to be careful, I want to be humble here, but I said to her, I said, listen, this spirit of bitterness that you have, it's killing you. For your own benefit, you have to learn to release these people and free yourself from this bitterness, because in the end, it's only going to destroy you. The truth is that people do what they do because they are where they are. And people that are, you know, broken and people that have been taken captive by the powers of darkness, that's why they do what they do. They can't see beyond that. That's why Jesus said, forgive them, for they know not what they do. They didn't know what they were doing. They were captive to the powers of darkness. They were slaves of Satan. And so Jesus, in his compassion for the human soul that was created in God's own image, was able to see through the behavior to the root of their behavior, which actually goes all the way back to the fall when Adam and Eve sinned. So I know that it's easier said than done, and that some people are living in very, very painful situations because they have been assaulted 
in some way by the right. powers of darkness, whether they've been robbed or sexually assaulted or you know, some injustice has come into their life. And I understand that going through something like this can really mess somebody up. But at the end of the day, Jesus can give us the power to see beyond what happened to us, to see things through his eyes, which will bring us into the spirit of grace and love and will release us from being captive to those that victimized us. And so sometimes this word that I'm sharing is received, and sometimes it's not received. But all we can do is press forward in our own relationship with God and represent him to the world as best we can. Amen. Well, Rabbi Schneider, thank you so much. Always a delight to interview you and to have a good old chat. And it turns out we really uncover some really great stories and truths in the Word of God. God bless you richly. God bless you, brother. Thank you for your love of the Word and for continuing to press on each and every day, uh, brother, doing what you're doing. Well, friends, I want to invite each and every one of you to join us at our virtual Summer Prophecy Conference, July the 30th through August the 7th. The conference presentations will be available through August the 7th. To sign up, go to swrc.com and click on the Conferences tab at the top of the page. Rabbi Schneider, once again, thank you so much for being with us. Get the complete conversation with Rabbi Kurt Schneider by calling 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. Or order online, swrc.com. Our first ever virtual prophecy conference starts this Friday, online and on demand. All access passes are still available. With the all access pass, you can watch presentations by 10 different speakers, Billy Crone, Dr. Larry Spargimino, Rabbi Kurt Schneider, Bill Federer, Todd Friel, Bob Cornuke, Dr. Kenneth Hill, Greg Patton, Michael Smith, and James Collins. Hours and hours of prophecy teaching you don't want to miss. Register today and watch as many times as you want starting this Friday and all the way through August the 7th. Get your all-access pass by visiting our conference page on our website, swrc.com or simply call 1-800-652-1144 that's 1-800-652-1144 here's Larry Stam now to bring us today's Messianic Minute Shalom friends, Larry Stamm here with the Messianic Minute, Biblical Connections Through a Jewish Lens. In Hebrew, the words translated holy and holiness pertain to being set apart, separate, different, or dedicated. The absolute moral purity of God's character sets him apart, making him different from every other living creature. God calls his people to be holy as he is holy in both the Old and New Testaments. Leviticus 19.2 reads, Speak to all the congregation of the children of Israel and say to them, You shall be holy. For I, the Lord your God, am holy. 1 Peter 1, 15 and 16 restates the command of the church, quoting the Leviticus passage, As he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct, because it is written, Be holy, for I am holy. By his grace, through the power of his Spirit, may we as his people walk in holiness. For more connections, visit our website at LarryStam.org or see our Larry Stam Ministries Facebook page.
Watchmen on the Wall is here to make sense of the nonsense and bring clarity to the world around us. One of the ways we do that is through our brand new podcast. You can now listen to insightful interviews, current events from a biblical perspective, and prophecy that helps you make sense of the world around you. Subscribe today to both of our podcasts, Watchmen on the Wall, and our brand new podcast, In the Beacon's Light. You can get these podcasts on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeart, and TuneIn. Subscribe today to Watchmen on the Wall and In the Beacon's Light podcast. Pastor Larry loves to answer your Bible questions. He does this on the radio and in his book, Digging Deeper. In Digging Deeper, Pastor Larry answers your questions about the Bible, the Christian life, and the end times. Over 135 questions answered. Get your copy of Digging Deeper by calling 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. You can also order this outstanding book online, swrc.com. If you have a Bible question you would like answered, email askpastorlarry at swrc.com. That's askpastorlarry at swrc.com. Today, Pastor Larry will answer a question from the Old Testament. Did Moses see the face of God? In Exodus 33:11, the Bible says, And the Lord God spake unto Moses face to face, as a man speaketh unto his friend. But doesn't this contradict Exodus 33:20, where God says, Thou canst not see my face, for there shall no man see me and live. In verse 11, the Bible says that the Lord spoke to Moses face to face, but in verse 20, God says Moses can't see his face because no man can see God and live. First of all, we have to realize that this is figurative language. Does God really have a face, eyes, nose, lips, and chin? Does he have a beard, or is he clean-shaven? How about warts? Though some cults take statements in the Bible that attribute human features to God in a literal way, this wooden literalism leads to many absurdities. 2 Chronicles 16.9 says, For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth. So do God's eyes have legs? Although some of this sounds heretical, no one should take every statement in the Bible literally, because every statement in the Bible was not meant to be taken literally. Some of the statements are to be taken figuratively. We tell which are to be taken literally and which are not by the context of the passage and by a study of the words and phrases that are used in a passage. In other words, the Bible is its best interpreter. Let me give you a good example. Let's look at the word Israel. Does it literally mean Israel or might the word Israel be a figurative reference to the church? To answer that question, we have to see how the word is used in the Bible. By studying the usage and context of the word Israel, we see that it never means the church. It always means Israel literally understood. But some words are not like that. Sometimes the same word can have both a literal and a figurative meaning in the same sentence. In Luke 9, verse 60, Jesus says, Let the dead bury their dead. The word dead is used twice, but in this statement it has a different meaning. Jesus is saying, let those who are spiritually dead bury those who are physically dead. 
Exodus 33:11 says, And the Lord spake unto Moses face to face. This means directly rather than indirectly through an intermediary or by a vision. Reading the whole sentence, And the Lord spake unto Moses face to face as a man speaketh unto his friend. God spoke to Moses directly and plainly. We speak to our friends directly and plainly. In Numbers 12, verse 8, we are told that the Lord spoke to Moses not in dark speeches. In Exodus 33:20, when God says, Thou canst not see my face, this does not mean a literal face. What kind of a face would it be that produces death simply by seeing it? This statement is expressive of the fact that if there is to be any contact between man and God, it must be done through a mediator. 1 Timothy 2.5 tells us that Jesus is that mediator. Jesus is the only way to God, and he is the only true advocate with the Father, according to John 14.6 and 1 John 2, verses 1 and 2. In Rivers of Divine Truth, Rabbi Kurt Snyder, host of the popular TV broadcast Discovering the Jewish Jesus, takes you on a journey through God's Word to discover the living truth revealed in its pages. You can get your very own copy of Rivers of Divine Truth for a gift of $20 or more when you call 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. You can also order online, swrc.com. That's swrc.com. Be sure to check out our website for the latest prophecy-related materials. New items are being added almost every day, swrc.com. There you'll find resources by Jonathan Kahn, Tom Horn, Mark Hitchcock, James Collins, J.R. Church, Larry Stamm, Donald Perkins, Michael Hoggard, and many, many more. Hundreds of books and DVDs right there for you, your Sunday school, homeschool, or small group. Check it out, swrc.com. That's swrc.com. And before we go today, I want to let you know that subscriptions to our monthly newsletter, The Prophetic Observer, are available. Each month, timely articles about prophecy in the light of today's events are right there for you. An excellent outreach tool. Many people give copies of the Prophetic Observer to friends and family so they can stay informed. Subscribe to the Prophetic Observer today by calling 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. if you're new to the program, be sure to request our free new listener pack. The new listener pack officially welcomes you to the family, gives you some history on the ministry, and it includes a free gift just for you. Request your new listener pack when you call 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. Tomorrow, Dr. Larry Spargimino and James Collins will be here to give an important update 
on our upcoming virtual conference and on our conference schedule. Watchman on the Wall is a production of Southwest Radio Ministries and is supported by faithful listeners like you. Visit swrc.com. That's swrc.com.